All right. Amen. All right. If we can, uh, if we can go ahead and have have a seat, and we're going to go ahead and get back into service here. Hopefully, you've had a chance just to kind of move around, get the blood working again, the blood pumping. Uh, now, today you're gonna you're gonna hear. Uh, we we've got a treat. Uh, we 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 often say this when you guys give financially to Gathering Church. Uh, when you give financially to Gathering Church through tithe, through offering, or through various donations, uh, what we wind up doing is we, when we collect that, obviously that goes to help facilitate the ministry here at Gathering Church. But we we also tithe off of that. We very much preach and believe in. Uh, the, the power of obedience to the word of God and the power of tithing. And so we tithe off of what, what you guys tithe. And, and we tithe, we've got uh, both domestic and foreign missions. Uh, domestic missions, uh, domestic missions, we, uh, we, we send support to uh, Mission Arlington, which many of us, uh, many of us are very involved with, with them and their ministry. Uh, we also help some with Six Stones, uh, which is also local local missions, um, but we also have a big heart for foreign missions, and and we try to make the most impact we can. So we don't try to just spread the funds everywhere. And so we have, we have prayerfully through the years prayed for who God would have us partner with. Now, just a few weeks ago, uh, many of you will remember that uh, Danetta Keller was here, and she spoke, did a wonderful job of ministering to us. She and her husband, David Keller, uh, are based in Italy. They are affiliated with uh, Inland African Missions, and we support them uh, uh, throughout the year. And, and so they're one of our mission partners. And then, uh, then the, our next mission partner and our primary mission partner is Harvesters Reach in the Nations. And, and Harvesters, and we're going we're gonna to invite, uh, if you want to, uh, uh, Sister Lily, if you come on up, and and uh, I'm just going to quickly introduce her and get out of the way so that she can just share with you. Uh, but they are based in primarily in South Sudan. Uh, they've got two orphanages in South Sudan plus a medical clinic, well, a hospital now, a hospital now in South Sudan, and then oh, and a clinic, and a clinic, and then in Uganda, the, she had, there's a school there, it, and it's a it's a South Sudanese refugee camp correct, that's still in Uganda, and they, they went in to say, hey, what kind of need do you have? And they said, well, our children need educating, and so they planted a, a primary school, right? And so uh, the, the, the Lord has just used this woman and this organization to impact, is, is South Sudan still the newest country in the world, or South Sudan is the newest country, yeah, as far as we know, the newest country in the world. And, and the Lord has allowed us to come and partner with them. And uh, they've done an incredible job. Matter of fact, she has a gift for everyone. There's a book, Adventures Under the Mango Tree. And it actually tells in detail the story of, of how the Lord placed this vision on her heart and, and how it, just the miracle after miracle that took place to get this ministry up and started and to start impacting uh, the, the children and the next generation uh, which would become the will, will become and is becoming the first successful generation of the newest country on the planet. So, uh, her, she and her husband Dennis uh, uh, founded this ministry. All these beautiful babies in South Sudan call her Mama Lily, so that's why we call her Mama Lily. But I want you to welcome uh, Sister Lillian Klimp. Thank you, Pastor. Close enough. 
Praise the Lord. Um, I just want to say I really enjoyed our worship this morning. Um, and I just felt the Lord really spoke to my heart when I was sitting there. I'm going to do something just a little different than I normally do. Um, I'm going to be sharing a little bit of the call because I think many of you probably heard um, me sharing last time I was here. But I want to share a little bit of just my testimony. I felt like the Lord really nudged my heart. Many times we look at missionaries and we think, oh, wow, they live such a you know great life or a godly person and things like that. And you know, I'm no different than anybody else sitting in the audience, but I was actually raised in an abusive home, a dysfunctional home. Mom, my father was um, an alcoholic. Um, he beat my mother, beat my brother, beat me, and by the time I was 14 years old, I became actually a drunkard myself and did drugs, and I was very bitter and angry because that's all I seen in my life. And I just grew up, and I became what I actually hated, what I saw in my father. Even though he was a great man when he was sober, when he did these things, he was terrible. And God, through the years, kept trying to call me and, you know, wanted me to give my heart to him, and I resisted him and resisted him. And by the time I was 25, I ended up surrendering my life to Christ. And God, I mean, radically changed my life. And when we were singing those songs this morning, and I was sharing with Megan and Esther on the way here this morning where I'm reading where um, David and how he went through so many trials and he had so much fear, even though he was a man after God's own heart. And God had called him to do such a mighty thing. And I struggle myself with so much fear even to this day. I hate flying. I hate traveling. But yet I know that God has called me to do this and I need to be obedient to what he's called me to do and I thought like he was that song was saying you know that if we acknowledge him in all his ways you know and he will direct our path so I just want to say today that I want to give God all the glory and honor here and when I share today I'm not bragging about myself because I am nothing I came from nowhere and I didn't have any idea that this is what God was going to call me to do. So, but I think he did it so he could receive all the glory and all the honor. So <clears throat> my husband and I had been faithful. We were saved in 1980, faithfully serving God, involved in our church. So about 19 years went by from us being involved, um, you know, helping out or whatever. And... Um, I just began to really pray and fast. God led me on a 40-day fast. And I don't say that bragging. I know the word says we shouldn't brag about it when we're in it, but I feel as a teaching, God really was teaching me with fasting, and, and I struggle with food. <laughs> and um, he led me on that, and I remember I was praying and fasting and, fasting and asking God, what is the heartbeat of the church? Show me through the eyes of Jesus. I felt like we weren't reaching out beyond the four walls, and God began to lay the poor, uh, orphans, the vulnerable children on my heart. And I believe God actually ordained my steps. He led me to hear a speaker. You can tell I'm nervous. My mouth gets so dry. I've been doing this for 22 years, and I still get nervous. Can you believe that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and... Um, and God led me to actually a conference, and there was 12,000 women there. 
And one of the ladies was sharing on all the atrocities of Sudan at the time and how they were um, putting children in gunny sacks, throwing them in the Nile, cutting off the women's breasts so they couldn't breastfeed the babies, horrendous things. And I remember I was just weeping. And that night, 12,000 women, the speaker was sharing on holiness, and I went forward. And that's when I said, God, what can I do? I couldn't stop crying. I was burdened. And God spoke so loud and clear to my heart. He said, sell everything you have and give it to the poor. And it wasn't what I was expecting God to say to me. And I thought, how am I going to go home and tell my husband this? <laughs> um, so I waited for about a week. And I shared it with Dennis. And he said, I don't think so, Lil. <laughs> he, you know, he had been dealing with uh, cancer from Agent Orange for probably 15 years at that time, and he was just going off chemo. And he said, oh, she's on one of her wild whims again, you know. But, you know, I was consumed with it. I lived, ate, slept it. I just couldn't get it out of my mind and my spirit. So I got on the Internet looking up everything I could on Sudan. And, um, and I said, God, if this is you, let it burn in my heart. But if it's just my emotions, please take it out of my heart. You know, and if you're calling me, you know, Dennis and I are one, you're going to call him. And anyways, to make a long story short, months went by, I think it was less than a year. And Dennis said, you know what, Lil, if we're going to do this, we need to do it the right way. We started Harvesters Reaching the Nations, a not-for-profit, non-denominational um, working with all believing churches. But it, it's amazing when we surrender to God. And, you know, I'm going to be sharing some updates with harvesters and some other stories, but when I go around sharing, I guess if I can influence the body of Christ, if you're feeling any, you know, if God's nudging you to do something or go somewhere, it doesn't have to be over to Africa like I did, but whatever it is, God honors faith and obedience. Step out and do it. What You know, it's, you're better to have some fire than no fire at all. It has been the most rewarding life I have ever lived. How many people have been touched because of our obedience? And I say that not bragging, to God be all the glory. But it's amazing what he will do because he created us. He knows what each one of you are going to be doing anyways. We just need to say, oh, God, get Okay, God, let me line up with it and go with it because it's amazing. So we went over there, and um, we lived like they did. We lived in a Tuchel. Um, I had a medical background, and my husband was actually had his own construction company, sold it. And we just went, and I was so naive. I thought everybody did this <laughs> until I started going around and sharing at churches, and they're like, what? You know? But it was during the Civil War. And um, <clears throat> I remember when we first went over there, and I went into one of the Tuchels, and it was a military. They actually had a Tuchel grass roof and all their AK-47s there. And he said, what are you doing here? And I, again, was so naive. I said, I feel God wanted us to come and start, you know, orphanage, church, whatever. And he looked at me, and I'll never forget, he got tears in his eyes. And he said, my sister, go preach the light to my people. And God just continually opened the doors. We did sell everything, went over. Our two older boys were older. Um, and we started, everything started under the mango tree. That's why I wrote the book, Under the Mango Tree. And I'll tell you, I thought I knew how to live by faith before I went over there. <laughs> Boy, did I learn a lesson. But, um, and I've learned when you say, God, what do you want me to do? You better be prepared for it. <laughs> 
you know, but um, I wouldn't have changed anything, you know, um, in my life. It, it was the greatest years. We lived there for about 13, 14 years full-time, and then now we're back, and we go back and forth. But anyway, the, um, the first orphan that came in, we were still living in a Tuchel. Um, her mother died in childbirth. One out of, I think, nine die in childbirth in South Sudan to this day yet. And we took him in, and Dennis, we were living in a Tuchel ourselves, and Dennis said, Lil, if you take this child, you know what's going to happen. I'm going to be so attached to it. Took Caleb in, cut our T-shirts up, put a little plastic basin, and we raised him. Well, now he's 22 years old. We legally adopted him when he was young, even though I was 47 when God called us over there. My husband was 49, so it wasn't like we were young. Been married 50 years. Um, I'll be 70. <laughs> Uh, the kids in South Sudan had a birthday party for me this last. I was over there in uh, July, and they put down seven years old. I said, I am not. I'm 69. <laughs> not yet. But anyway, so, um, you know, God doesn't look at age. You know what I mean? So, but anyway, then other orphans started coming in, and, and there was sad stories. Many children died during that time. We had no medical care that was there. I had horses. I did vaccinations and that, you know, I was able to give shots, but I didn't know anything else. And there wasn't medical things like we have here, and we just had to learn to live like that. And we didn't have a church when we went there in the bush. We had to start our own and learn to worship, and it was just God in our worship. We didn't have the instruments and, you know, so God taught us a lot. We thought we were going there to really teach them, but God really taught us a lot. And as time went on, many other orphans came in, and we got up to, I think eventually it was like 200 and some orphans in the one campus. And, um, of course, we started church under the tree as soon as we started the orphanage. And then we started a school, primary school, because you have to educate them. And, and clinic we ended up having, and now we actually have a, a large hospital we're seeing. I say large for over there, but we do surgeries and we're seeing about 1,000 or 1,200 people actually a month there in South Sudan, and it's the best hospital that we're told in South Sudan. Um, our schools are actually, we feed and educate over 1,500 children every day, discipleship. We're actually the best school, and I'm not saying that bragging, but we invested and stayed and worked with them, trained our the local people trained our orphans as they grew up and we actually have our school hanging in the ministry of I think education in Juba the capital that we're the number one school in South Sudan so as that time went on we felt God was telling us to start another location in Terkeka where it's all Mundari tribe one tribe um, they had spears I mean they were still half naked at the time very primitive and we started that, and now we have a, a church a clinic, small, small orphanage, um, primary school, and now a secondary school, which they fought us in the beginning. They didn't want us to educate their women because they actually have to pay bride price with cattle and things like that. And now they love it. Now they're begging us to take more, you know, um, girls into the school and, and it's boys as well. But one of the biggest things that we found through this, it's 
Anybody can go in and feed and educate people, and that's needed and it's good, but it's the discipleship. It's living the gospel out with them, and it doesn't mean we're perfect. We all make mistakes. People, even in the body of Christ, some people still are struggling with addictions. Our children are struggling with this, but God knows, and like he said, we still quote the word. We stand on his promises, and we support each other. That's what the body of Christ is for. We don't condemn and put them down, but we stand there and uphold them because we all are broken people and people without Christ our hearts are evil the word says that so it's only the gospel of Christ we're no better or different than anybody else and we've shared and we have a local pastor there now and it's amazing to see how our community is totally transformed people bringing their opium in because they grow opium putting it like in the book of Acts, burning stuff. And it's God that sees those lives transformed. Uganda has heard about harvesters and what we're doing there. And um, in 2016, we had some unrest come about. Again, it was tribal. And many people were killed, so many people left our area. So that's why we started Uganda in a refugee camp. I heard about the refugee camp, and I was asked to go visit, and I went there, and some, I was visiting there, thousands of people, and some of the kids were yelling, Mama Lily, Mama Lily. I'm like, are you kidding me? How do they know me in Uganda here? So I'm looking at kids from our area in Ye, South Sudan. I went over and talked to them. They said, please, please start a school. There's no school here for us. So I went home prayed about it, talked to our board. Well, now we have, a, it's the best school actually in Uganda. It's like God just keeps blessing. And again, obedience, I believe that, and faith. So through all that, many of our children now have been raised. It's 22 years later. Some of our, one of our boys is a lawyer now, and he does all our legal paperwork. Some of them are teachers, drivers, one now is considering pastoring. Um, we have nurses, mechanics. And what we're doing now is my goal was to always raise them up where we would just empower them. We didn't go over there to make little Americans out of them. An orphanage is better than nothing, but it doesn't substitute a home. But South Sudan is different than any other country, I'm telling you, unless you've been there and seen it. And... We are actually forming an African orphan board now over there where they're the ones that are going to be advising us. We have a board here in Dallas now that we started and letting them more or less make the decisions, but we're going to be making them accountable and overseeing it. And, and the transformation as again, like I said, to see our children, they will memorize, I am not exaggerating, entire chapters they stand up, and we have Saturday night prayer besides Sunday. Our children lead all that in the church. They wake up every day at 5.30, ringing the bell, um, and worshiping and praying, you know, to the Lord. And when I sat there, I was just there. I was there in February, and then I went back in July, my husband and I, for a month. And when I was sitting in the back watching these kids, I mean the presence of the Lord in that place, and I just... Tears streaming down my face, looking and thinking that these kids, many of them won't have been alive. And to see how they love the Lord, it just, it, I was embarrassed because I don't memorize a word like that. And they get up and quote it and, you know, and it was so encouraging to me when I came back to the board and Megan, I said, you know, this was the most spiritual um, trip that I made. I sensed God so much and 
rewarding, seeing the fruit of our labor for all those years. We sacrificed, we left our grandchildren. And my one daughter-in-law struggled for years of how I could leave our two-year-old grandson. And, and I remember when people prayed over us, they say, you better count the cost. You know, when it talks about in the word, you start something, you know, and you don't finish it or whatever. And I never understood it until we went there and really what happened. We, even when we came back after 12, 13 years, it was so hard to even fit in the body of Christ because we were changed. You know, it, talking about the abundant life, we lived it there. I mean, it was amazing. You had to live by faith. You had no choice. <laughs> you know, you were forced into it. Um, and many nights I sat there and cried, and you know what I mean? But again, reminding God of his word, even though he knew it. I mean, when Saul was going after David and trying to kill him, you can, can't imagine how that guy felt. And yet, God knew it and was with him all the way. You know, so... It's so encouraging me, um, you know, to see that. And um, I'm just, it's such a privilege for us to be able to go back and see all that, you know, and what God is, is doing with these older kids now because I believe it's the word of God and education that will help change that nation. I really do. And it helps them in problem solving the education, you know, um, just different things. I see with the kids that are educated and with, in the word of God, how different they think than those that are, you know, don't have any like that. So people say, why do you do education? That's why. In our schools, we have chapel. We teach them the word of God. It's not just, you know, academics. It's, again, the word of God that will transform their lives. So, um, you know, after all this happened, I used to go around and share... <clears throat> and say, oh, education and the word of God will change that nation, but I don't know if I really believed it, like I do this last time I went there. And I thought for the first time I can honestly say, I see a glimpse of hope, I really do. So um, to God be the glory. And I, after all that happened, I was afraid to say now, God, what do you want me to do? Oh, some more, you know. <laughs> But, ah, I'm seriously, I was thinking, oh, do I dare say this? And I couldn't say it for a while. And it was just probably six months ago, I said, okay. Oh, my goodness. They put me back in as executive director over Harvesters now. <laughs> so I do more traveling, you know, um, help fundraise with Megan and all that. But I just know that's what God wants me to do. You know, and again, I'm so grateful because of the life God took me out of. I wouldn't be alive today if it wasn't for the grace of God. I'm serious. So many times we criticize a drunkard and we do that, but for the grace of God, I wouldn't be here today. You know what I mean? And we got to remember that. They need prayer. They need help. Nobody wants to be addicted. Addiction's terrible. It really is. But God is a deliverer. Hallelujah. However means he uses, he's the deliverer. So basically, I want to say thank you to your church for supporting. We don't personally take support, Dennis and I, from Agent Orange. We get, he gets a disability check. We lived on for years. It's for the, the ministry and what's happening. But the fruit, if you ever want to come and make a trip, I'm telling you, it will change your lives. And we're so grateful, Pastor, to you and your body. And um, I love your spirit when you're sharing this morning. And um, you have a great church. So I think that's all I have to share on all the updates.
How, how many, yeah, and Meg, Megan's going to come up here in, in just a moment. How, how many have enjoyed uh, Mama Lily thus far and her testimony? Now, what, are there any things directly on the, first of all, I want to point out what I love what she had to share. We talk about it here and, we, and I joke around that I get accused of being a prosperity preacher because I preach prosperity, but it has nothing to do with fancy cars and clothes and jewelry and, and well, sure. If, I mean, if he blesses you, praise God. Let him bless you. But but he blesses you so you can be a blessing. But but I preach that if you stand on the word of God, that and and have faith in Him, that He will prosper you in every circumstance and situation. And here we've got the youngest nation in the planet, South South Sudan, possibly one of the poorest nations in the planet, on the planet. And and yet here, because of the word of God, there is a generation of young adults that's prospering in the midst of even those circumstances. You know, now there are some folks over here that wouldn't label it prospering, but, but I guarantee you, if you go over there and chat with some of these young adults, they'll let you know how much they're prospering compared to where they came from, that they are educated, that they have jobs. That, and not only that, they look at the direct impact that this ministry has had on the entire culture of, of this nation, of South Sudan. Uh, these these uh, kids are not just growing up just to kind of be friendly Christians. They're growing up to actually carve the culture and and the and the uh, the workforce of of this young country. And and you guys have helped make it possible with with your faithfulness and giving, and and your willingness for us to to partner with us. So, is there any anything uh, directly now? You guys just did a, a fuel a fuel drive. That can, kind of explain explain to us, Megan, what the fuel drive was about. Which, by the way, this is Megan. I said I, I introduced her this earlier this morning. This is she's the Robin to Lily's Batman, right? In this organization, but but explain what what was going on. And and last I saw, I think you guys were about to meet meet the. Uh... Yeah. All right, all right. Yeah. Explain that. To we we do um, small fundraisers. Before I tell you about the fuel thing, it, it, that was so funny. We thought, okay, we, we have a need. We need to let people know about our need. Uh, it's like gas. Like how exciting is that? Um, we, we have orphans in school. We're like, let's see if people really want to help, you know, grease the wheels, so to speak, the, the day-to-day of the ministry. And people step up and they make it happen. We're like, we need diesel and here it is. God provides. And and firewood and charcoal. Like it sounds so boring to us, but it's so basic and so vital with where we serve in Africa. And so to just see the hearts of something that seems so trivial over here rally behind what's going on at Harvesters and make it happen um, is amazing. So I'm going to, you said one thing and you said one thing and they, they both lit a fire in my heart too. Um, but it was, if you're not loving life as a Christian, you're not living life or called to love life. And you said, and you're in Africa, that it was the abundant life that you were living. There was no better days. And I, and I hear those two things and I said, that is the church. That is generosity. That's at work. It brings life and joy when you are giving and living in the will of the Lord. And, and so what we love about the gathering church, I told pastor Dave, I said, you're small and super mighty, you guys. Um, it, 
in three years, you've been partners with Harvesters Reaching the Nations, and, and we're a baby organization too. I mean, 20 years sounds old, but it's still young. <laughs> and in the world's youngest country, Esther called it a baby. I said, it is. It's a baby country. Um, and, and so small but mighty, because in those three years, your generosity has contributed $17,000 to the work of Harvesters, this church body. Like, that's incredible. <laughs> um, and it, it just is. And so your faithfulness with giving to your church body does exactly that. You are invited into that abundant life, into living life to the fullest, because you're making that life happen for believers and, and changing hearts and lives over there. So uh, that's really the, the thank you message I wanted to share. Keep giving to your church. Uh, do come alongside. Uh, personally, get involved. Um, God, this is another cool secret. He doesn't need your money or your service. It's amazing, right? He, he will do it, right? But we are invited into that full life through that generosity. And so if you want to be a part of what he's doing and live that life, like that's your invitation, that's, you get to be a part of it. Um, and that was earth shattering to me. Like we need, we need, no, need is not there. There's abundance when you're on his side. So, um, so hop into that, but do make sure you grab a book. If you want to walk a little more personally with harvesters, several of you do, there's, you can sponsor a student or an orphan. The students are $19 a month out there and we have 1500 students. So take all the, no, <laughs> and, uh, and we have about 150 orphans, but there are a few on the table as well that still need sponsorship. And those are $36 a month. So, um, ways that you can just plug in, pray for the heart change and the leadership potential and discipleship in that one life. And, and that'll kind of be another way you can jump into that abundant life. So, um, and, or you can just read our newsletters every quarter and pray over what you read. Um, so get on the list and do that too. But that's, that's my tidbit. We're going to get Pastor Dave out there probably next summer. He, yes. yeah, he's, he's going and, right. and he's going to bring you with him. <laughs> so yeah. the, the, uh, I will say this is really sweet. If you, if you sponsor an orphan, which I have sponsored Esther Twongu, uh, I guess three, four years now, I, I, I lose track, but it's sweet. You, you, you'll get letters uh, every year from them, you, you'll you'll get a chance. If you want, you can actually you can actually write them, if you want. But but it's uh, there's not a day that goes by that I don't get a chance to pray over this young girl, and I made sure she was the same age as one of my one of my daughters, so I could keep track in my head. And and uh, uh, it is a blessing. Our children's group sponsors uh, an orphan. Uh, our youth group sponsors an orphan. And uh, so I encourage, I encourage all of you guys, I know there's, I think there's a few other individuals here in the church, but I encourage you, take a look on their table and pray and see if that's something that the Lord would have you do. And, and real quick, there's a, there is a story uh, that, that I want you to share real quick. If, if I remember right, it was with Franklin Graham. Uh, and the reason why I'm, I'm most, most of you know Franklin Graham, the, the son of the, the great uh, evangelist Billy Graham, and also heads up Samaritan's Purse. And the reason why I'm saying this is because here within uh, the next week or so, we'll be promoting our Operation Christmas Child uh, initiative that we do every year. We'll have about 150, and we're, again, once again, we're doing the shoe that grows, so just kind of putting that seed in there for you. Uh, but when, when, we, when we even support uh, a Samaritan's Purse in this effort, it, it blesses them where they're able to bless, like, the, no, no, it's neat how we can bless others and that blessing can still funnel back to one of our partners. There was, uh, talk, talk about the, uh, like with the trucks. Yeah, when, when Samaritan's Franklin Graham came out and he sent out, I think it was 500 Christmas uh, operation. 
shoe yeah, the shoeboxes. And then he brought his whole entourage. He had four vehicles come out. All the military were on there to protect him. He brought his private plane in on our little dirt runway at that time. Now it's a little crust stone. But anyways, he came out and he shared with the kids and he was just shocked he heard that this you know lady was living out there with her husband and he was so touched when he came out to see what we were doing in the middle of the bush there and he when we was leaving he says what can I do for you kids he called us kids what can we do for you kids and I was like oh I was embarrassed I was trying to raise eighty thousand dollars for a seven ton lorry so we could go to Uganda and get food oh he said all right uh, da, da, da. and he told his guys order it from Nairobi done and then he says what else do you need and I'm like, well, you know, we, at that time we had been there quite a while and it, we had a land cruiser and it was pretty beat up and a land cruiser really, but I mean, those are like, you know, 60,000 at that time and you want a hard top, you know, you put a roll bar or, you know, hydraulic winch, get that for them, da da da, and he did. And then he says, what else do you need? And I'm like, oh my goodness. And I said, can you help, help Caleb, us adopt Caleb? And he said, ooh, that's pretty hard. <laughs> so he says, how about he made a DVD talking about harvesters, and he comes in on it, and he promotes our ministry. But again, who would have thought a little ministry like this, that God used those that are big ministries, God uses ones that are just individual people, again, to him be the glory and honor. Amen. Amen. Isn't that awesome? Grab that book because there is a little forward, Franklin Graham, in there. And, and I'll give you a little tickler. My favorite story in the book was before the second campus was started when they felt called to go to Terakeka, that region with the Mandari tribe that she was talking about. Her husband went and met with the chief, and the chief said, I knew you were coming. And oh, they had no clue, right? But they obviously did. And he said, yes, just yesterday... The, the Muslim men were here and they said, we want to build an orphanage and a school. And he told them, no, that someone else was already coming to do that. And his next day claimed for the Lord. Like, I mean, um, and so that little story's in there, but there's a bunch like that. So just uh, read it and build your faith up. It's the best thing. So, yeah. Amen. Isn't it awesome to know that when God comes up with the idea, he also has the provision for it. Amen. Amen. Before y'all leave, we, we're as a, as a body and as a family, we're going to pray. Uh, let me get this out of the way. Y'all just step right out there. And matter of fact, Esther, if you wouldn't mind coming down and helping us pray as well. This is, uh, this is Sister Esther all the way from Kenya. And uh, she is affiliated with the Christian Broadcasting Network. And she has several projects that goes on through several African countries. And uh, yeah, she says that Harvesters is her favorite project that she gets to oversee. As, as a church body, could those of you who are just full of faith, I want you to come down and let's just lay hands on them. Uh, we, are go we are going to be giving a special offering to Harvesters today. If you would like to, to help uh, with that and to offset that, uh, you, you can give. Uh, if you write a check, make sure you just write Harvesters uh, in the memo. Write it to the church. Uh, and, and we'll get them, we'll get them one check, but the, uh, or if you want to give online, just, uh, 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 go, go to our church website and on the drop down menu, just put Mark missions. Okay. Or if you have cash, just give it directly to Aaron, wave your hand, Aaron, and just make sure you let her know that it's for, for the harvesters, uh, the, the harvesters offering. So come on down. Let's all just lay hands on these wonderful servants of God. And we're going to pray over them. Amen. Lord, we love you. Thank you. Thank you for harvesters. Thank you for Lily and Dennis. 
Megan. Thank you for Esther. We're honored that she would be in just uh, in service with us today, that you would bring her all the way from Africa just to fellowship with us today. Lord, we thank you for these testimonies. And I speak that the best is yet to come. Uh, that, that you're just getting started. The first 20 years was just you ramping up to the greatness that you had in store all along from the beginning. And I speak and I say yes to their faith that you have all provision for every plan that you, that you implement and that you speak into Lily and the board and everyone else, all of the directors, that you already have provision. I speak that they will never have to beg anyone for anything. That all they have to do is make known the need to your body and you will move on your body to provide not just the needs, but more than enough. You are El Shaddai. You are the God of more than enough. So Father, we thank you for blessing with more than what harvester need, harvesters need so that they can continue to be a blessing. They won't just bless their own ministry, but they'll be able to bless others as well. So Father, strengthen Lily. I speak health in Dennis and her. I speak health in all of her family. Lord, I speak uh, healing and love in Megan's family uh, with the recent loss in her family. Uh, comfort her husband, comfort the kids, comfort her mother-in-law, comfort everyone involved. Father, I speak over Esther that you will bless every endeavor that her hands touch, that you will lead and guide her, that you will order her footsteps, and that you will make her feet beautiful as she carries the good news of your kingdom all throughout Africa and all the regions that you have, all the lives that you have her touching. And most of all, Lord, let your anointing prevail that every every weapon formed against any of this ministry. It may be formed, but it is not going to prosper, Lord. So, Lord, the only fight that they endeavor in is to fight the good fight of faith, to continue just trusting you day in and day out because you have all provision. And we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Y'all make sure to love on these folk up here. And we're going to sing one more time as a family before we're dismissed. And I want you to have a glorious day today. Amen. Before we sing, let me just speak a blessing over you. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's worship together one more time as a family.